It's time for ROTD Weekend. Way back over 15 years ago, when I first launched my site, Cook the Story, I did a series of posts that didn't have recipes in them, and they were called What Makes Food Taste the Best. Now, those are not on the site anymore. You cannot find them. Maybe some Wayback Machine would have them. I don't know that I want to go look at them because it was a very new part of my life, having the website and writing about food. Anyways, I don't know why I'm telling you all that. But the thing is, is that one of those pieces was about how food tastes best when somebody else makes it. And what inspired me to write that that day was that I was spending a lot of time with my parents because they were visiting from Canada to a condo they were renting in Florida, maybe like an hour away from where I live. They were staying there for a few months and we were spending a lot of time with them. And whenever I was with them, they were cooking. And my oldest child was maybe about a year and a half then. And my youngest wasn't born yet, but I kind of had my hands full. I was busy and I was, you know, cooking a lot uh, for the website and cooking a lot at home for us and for my little picky new eater. And it was so nice to go visit my parents and have somebody else do the cooking. And the thing that I was noticing that I loved especially about that was that my parents were making a lot of the same things that I might make at home, but slightly differently. Either they cut their potatoes in bigger pieces before roasting them, or they add crumbled Italian sausage to their potato pancakes. Sometimes small differences from what I would normally do, sometimes big differences from what I normally do. But it was just so nice to have things not taste exactly the way that I make them taste differently and have somebody else do them. And I would kind of sit there at the little bar near the kitchen and watch and talk and sip on some wine and listen to some music. And then the food would come and it would taste amazing. So that is what inspired me to write that piece way back then. And I want to say that I want to write that piece again now because my parents have been staying with me for a couple weeks. They're staying for a little bit longer and they've been doing most of the cooking. My mom especially, but my dad does pitch in every now and then. And as you will soon learn, he has promised to make me something special soon. And so I had my dad as my guest on this podcast. You get to hear from my dad, Barry Pittman, who really does have quite the career in food. He was a federal meat inspector for Agriculture Canada for a long time. He had a small business smoking meats with a friend for a while. They were making kielbasa and pepperoni and bacon, that kind of thing. And he also worked alongside my mom in their restaurants for, well, over a decade, possibly two, I believe. So this is a guy who can cook. And I was delighted to have him walk me through a recipe. And what you'll see in listening to him, what I loved is just like my mom, just like me. I mean, it's very clear where I get this from. He's experimenting in the kitchen. He is trying things out. He's figuring out what works best. And he's doing things just that little bit differently from how I would do them. And that makes his cooking extra delicious. And now you get an extra big treat today hearing from my dad, Barry Pittman, who has brought a secret recipe of the day for us. Let's listen. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you for having me. This is such a treat. So I think most people know that mom, your wife, is an amazing cook, but they don't know that you also have quite a bit of skill in the kitchen. You've had lots of experience in the kitchen. Can you tell me a little bit about your cooking background? Well, I usually do a little bit of cooking at home. My wife does most of it, but there are times when I feel like I want to do something in the kitchen. And especially when she was away from the condo where we live, I would always, you know, look for recipes or things, like good ideas to make supper for her. So when she got home, the supper was ready. So I got some experience doing that. You have experience from before that though, right? Well, yeah, we we used to work in the restaurant business, but I wasn't involved too much in the cooking end of it. I was more, I don't know, kind of looking after the deli end of it, you know, where we used to sell meats and salads and stuff like that. But mom and her staff were the ones that did the majority of the cooking. I would help with some prep work, Mm -hmm. but not really making online orders, like orders that come in. In terms of, you said that you focused a lot on the deli part of the restaurant, the deli meats. You also have a lot of experience in the meat industry going really far back. How old were you when you got hired by the government for that? Oh, let's see. I must have, must have been about 24, 25 years old. I got hired on as a federal meat inspector with Agriculture Canada. And I spent, I guess it was 24 years with them. And then uh, they were doing... Uh, a downsizing with the federal government and they were offering people early buyouts and mom was so busy with her business at the time that instead of her hiring a manager or, or to help her in any way that's when I, we decided that I would take the buyout and join her in the business oh yeah and that- that's what we did so we did that for several years yeah yeah lots of, how, how many years did you guys have restaurants for mom opened her first restaurant in about right 1989. And then we ran restaurants right up until about 2009, 2010. Yeah, long time. Yeah, over just over 20 years. And federal meat inspector for a long time before that. And yeah. uh, lots of experience with meat and safety and health, all those things. Yeah, lots of experience with that kind of stuff, yeah. So I know that you brought a secret recipe for me today. Um, I'm excited to find out what it is. Can you tell me what it is? Well, basically, it's a scalped potato recipe. And I, I really like potatoes. And one of my favorite potato recipes is scalped potatoes. And I've made it several times in the past. And I used to go into recipe books to find scalloped potato recipes, or I'd go online to find them. But I found out in a lot of times that the potatoes just weren't cooked enough, the way the recipes described it. Like they were a little hard, the potato slices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I put a little spin on the recipe. Oh. And I call it my spin. And basically, most recipes will call for like five to six potatoes peeled and thinly sliced. Mm-hmm. And the one that I use quite often now, it also has a half a cup of grated onion, one and three quarter cups of milk, two tablespoons of flour, two tablespoons of butter, one teaspoon of salt, and a half a teaspoon of pepper. But what I done was I decided to add some other ingredients oh. so that it was more of a a full meal. Oh. Okay, so you didn't have to have sides with that scalloped potato recipe. Mm-hmm. So what I done was I added carrots and celery mm-hmm. and some farmer sausage. Oh. And uh, some garlic that wasn't in the recipes. So basically, it ended up being a, a good casserole where that's all you needed on your dinner plate. You didn't have to have any sides because you're getting potatoes and carrots and celery and meat all in one. That sounds amazing. Okay, so wait, farmer sausage. Can you tell me what that is before we start? 
Well, farmer sausage is basically a term that is uh, referred to by uh, the Mennonite group. That was one of their main sausage that they made. And it was a cold smoked sausage. So it wasn't really fully cooked, but it had the appearance of being fully cooked. But as time went on, from the commercial point of view, they ended up a lot of places that started manufacturing it for sale in the stores, they started to finish cooking it. Oh. Okay. But at Farmer Sausage in like where I live in Steinbach, it's a very large Mennonite community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most of the stores carry Farmer Sausage. Oh. So it was very easy to access it. So if somebody can't get farmer sausage, would you recommend that they use like a kubasa, kubasa, garlic sausage? Yeah, or you could use ground, kubasa. Ground beef you, or? You, yeah, you could use any type of sausage that you want, Okay, really, you know, like some, you might want to put in uh, like fine garlic sausage or coarse garlic sausage, or mm-hmm. some people might even want to chop up some bologna or something like that to, okay. to put in. But I've used farmer sausage because it's so easy to access in Steinbeck. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So start us at the beginning. What do you do to start this recipe? Okay. First off, I place the potatoes and car- oh, I just want to say one thing before I get into this. I experimented in a way to try to prevent the fact that the potatoes were not fully cooked. Right. So what I've done is I have sliced the potatoes, thinly sliced, and I julienne the uh, carrots, and I cut up two sticks of celery cut in small pieces, and I add the garlic, garlic cloves, and I put that all in a pot with water. And I put it on the stove, and I bring it all to a boil. So now the potatoes are, you know, cooked somewhat, not fully cooked, but getting close to it. So hang on, hang on. So you slice the potatoes. Do you peel them before you slice them? Yeah, yeah. You peel the potatoes and slice them. And about how thick are you slicing them? Oh, eighth of an inch. It's a fairly thin. Yeah, fairly thin. Fairly thin. And so that plus some chopped onion, julienne, carrots, sliced celery, and garlic is going with just enough water to cover, I'm assuming? Yeah, just just enough water to cover and then bring it to a boil. And do you put salt in there or no salt? You can, but you're going to be adding some salt and pepper later on. So not necessary. Okay. So, okay. So you've got it all in the pot with the water and you bring it up to a boil. And then you drain all the vegetables and then place in a well-greased casserole dish. So you want the vegetables, you want those potatoes like tender, but not fully tender. Right. Yeah. And then you drain them. You don't keep the water. No. And you put them in a greased casserole dish. Okay. So you put the casserole dish aside and then you cut the the farmer sausage in slices you add that to the casserole dish mm-hmm. on top of the vegetables. And then while that is all sitting there in a saucepan, you melt your butter, you stir in some flour, salt and pepper, and then add some more garlic. Wait, how much butter and flour do you start with there? You're melting? Uh, two tablespoons of butter, two tablespoons of flour, one teaspoon of salt, a half a teaspoon of pepper, and three chopped up cloves of garlic. Nice. Or that minced sounds, garlic. That sounds great. Yeah. So then in the saucepan, you melt the butter, you stir in the flour, you add the salt and pepper, and then you add the garlic. Now you need to have milk, one and three quarter cups of milk. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you add the milk and you cook, stirring constantly. Once it starts to bubble, add half of the cheddar cheese, which is uh, one and a half cups is what you need. So you're going to use half of that Mm -hmm. into the sauce that you're making. So three quarters of a cup of cheddar cheese will go in. And you, you'll uh, stir it, stir it around until it starts to thicken. Then once that's done, you just pour that mixture over the semi-cooked vegetables. Bake covered at 350 for 40 minutes. 
then uncover, sprinkle the remaining cheddar cheese on top, which would be three quarters of a cup. Bake uncovered for 15 to 20 minutes longer. All the vegetables should be tender because of pre-cooking them in water. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I kind of put a name to this recipe. I call this recipe extra cheesy sausage scallop potatoes. Oh, I love it. Wonderful. And do you have to, Dad, that comes out once the cheese is melted? You don't wait for the cheese to start browning at all? It's just melted on top? and Well, it's, it's your choice. Some people don't like browned cheese browning. so But I like that crusty bit on top. And then do you have to let it rest before you serve it? Or you just take it out and start scooping it on top? No, place? you can serve it right away. Just right sit away. down and have supper. And do, sorry, this is my last question, I think. When you scoop into that, can you still tell that the potatoes are slices or have they kind of mashed a bit no no they should they should you could some of them might get soft to a point that they might look like they're broken up but mm -hmm. the majority of them stay pretty in their shape okay wait and i have one one last question i think this is the last one when you poured that sauce over top of the vegetables and the farmer sausage you didn't stir it you just poured the sauce over top yep and cover it up with aluminum foil and put it in the oven, right? No stirring. Yeah, but when you pour when you pour the sauce in, you try to spread it all over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, you just don't want it in the middle. You want it kind of over top of all the vegetables. Okay, so drizzle it kind of evenly. And do you find once it's all cooked just before eating, has that sauce kind of gotten down into the bottom or has it stayed kind of like a layer on top? No, it stays pretty well mixed in with the vegetables pretty good, yeah. Oh, it gets mixed in pretty good. Okay. And I think that has something to do with the cheese that's in there because it gets a little sticky, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds really great. Well, this sounds amazing, Dad. I, how have you never made this for me before? <laughs> Maybe I should while I'm here visiting you. <laughs> I know, you're here for a little while yet. We have time, I think. Yeah, we could. Well, that sounds great. I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Dad. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Aren't you so jealous that I get to have Barry's extra cheesy sausage scallop potatoes? I am so excited. I will tell you all about them, I am sure. And I know both my mom's coleslaw recipe from last week and this recipe are not on the internet anywhere. Usually when I have people on this show, they're often cookbook authors or they have websites or something and I can link to their recipe for you and that is not the case this time. But I am going to get these recipes tested and photographed and put them up so that you will have them at some point. Uh, until then, you've just got to listen to that over and over again and get all the details written down, right? But no, I will get those recipes up onto Cook the Story soon for you, which actually makes me think of something. You know, I do usually have uh, people from the culinary world on this show, but I have really enjoyed these episodes, Marty's Scrambled Eggs, My Mom's Coleslaw, My Dad's Cheesy Scalloped Potatoes. It has been so much fun having people who aren't necessarily in the culinary world right now who just love a recipe who want to tell me about it. So if you are a person like that, if you love to cook and you have a recipe that you are like, I have got to tell Christine this recipe and all people who listen to Christine's show are going to love this recipe. If that is you, you need to get in touch with me and I have created a form that you can use that you can fill out to let me know that you've got a recipe. But don't forget, 
don't tell me what the recipe is until we're in our interview and I ask you. It's got to be a secret, right? Okay, so if you want to be a guest on the secret recipe of the day, then head to cookthestory.com slash secret guest, all one word, cookthestory.com slash secret guest and fill out the form there and I will be in touch. I'm really excited about this. I hope you are too. Okay, so now we turn to what is going on in my own cooking world. And I'm happy to say that Jennifer and I are back at it. She was here this week and we cooked up a storm. And then the next day, me and my mom cooked up some more. So these are the things that are going to be slowly working their way out to you, out to cook the story, out to recipe of the day, and out to social media. There is a delicious, juicy chicken meatloaf recipe coming. This one just uses a pound of ground chicken. So it's like just the right amount for small portions for three to four people. But you can, of course, double it and make two. But it's juicy and delicious. And it uses my favorite seasoning blend to use in a meatloaf. Having said that, I also did a separate recipe for a meatloaf seasoning blend that is different from that one. And the reason that it's different from that one is that I was trying to approximate the McCormick's brand meatloaf seasoning recipe. So I got my hands on some of that, tasted it, and then did my best to recreate that. So it is different, but I will say I made chicken meatloaves using both of those and they were both delicious. I honestly can't decide which one I like best. So either the chicken meatloaf or the meatloaf seasoning blend, you will be hearing about those soon. We did test them this week though. I also did some videos for some recipes that are already on my site or not exactly recipes. These are methods that I thought might come in handy for people leading into this big game day season with Super Bowl at the end of it, right? So that is the how to cook frozen chicken wings in the air fryer straight from frozen and also how to bake them straight from frozen. As I say about any of this straight from frozen cooking, it is not my favorite way to do things, but sometimes you're in a hurry and it's pretty good. You just toss it in there and go. So we made the videos for those. I'm super excited to have retested them as well. That's always really good, you know? And we made some all beef breakfast sausages. These actually really, really surprised me. In the testing, I did a few different kinds of seasonings and what I ended up liking best was the exact same seasoning mix that I use in my pork and my turkey breakfast sausages. It doesn't really have things that I think of as being like quintessentially beef pairing seasonings. There's like thyme and sage, a little bit of cloves, but that combination just makes it taste like breakfast sausage. You know what I mean? And so you're using beef, ground beef, 100% beef in these, but they still have that like quintessential breakfast sausage flavor. I think you're going to love them. Oh, and good for you to know, I tested both pan frying them and air frying them and you couldn't tell the difference. So if you want hands off like about nine breakfast patties in a medium sized air fryer, you put them in, you walk away, you come back 10 minutes later, that's going to be there for you. And also pan fried turned out great too, of course. I am not done telling you about the recipes yet. We did so much. We also did the video for my homemade mint sauce. That recipe does really, really well. People come to it from all over all year, but with Easter coming up soon, we know that a lot of people do like a roast lamb. So I wanted to have a nice video to go with that recipe that people love so much. So we did the mint sauce video and that will be coming to social media near you very soon, but it will also be going up on the cookful where the mint sauce recipe is. Speaking of 
of social media, you will remember that my taco dip recipe went kind of viral on TikTok. It's got, I think, 850,000 views now. That is the one that starts with me saying, if you're a child of the 80s, and that one got so many comments with people saying like, hey, can you do more retro recipes? Can you do more things from the 80s? And so this week, Jennifer and I hollowed out some pumpernickel bread rounds of bread, and you guessed it, we made that spinach dip that goes in there, the one with the Nor vegetable recipe maker packet and the mayonnaise and the sour cream and the frozen spinach and, yes, the chopped up water chestnuts. We did it, and you know what? My mom was snacking on it today because it is so good, and I walked in and she was like, I don't think I could have this in my house because I would just be eating it all the time. That is what she said. So that classic recipe from possibly as far back as the 70s has staying power. I tell you, it's so good. So those are the recipes that I did with Jennifer. And then me and my mom also did a Southern style baked beans with ground beef. So very good. You basically take canned baked beans and then add ground beef and other amazing things to them and they get even more amazing. Loved that. And we did a video for a very popular recipe from the cookful that is the air fryer barbecue chicken. There's a comment on that recipe where somebody has said they're not going to barbecue anymore. They're just going to use their air fryer. That's how good it is. And so we did the video and got to retest it also. And we both are addicted to that too. I guess that means my mom likes my cooking as much as I like hers, maybe. That spinach dip, that barbecue chicken in the air fryer, such good recipes going on here. And all of that will be coming to you soon. I will let you know when you can look for it on Cook the Story on the Cookful or when I'll be telling you about it here. But those are the things that I have been up to. As to what is going live on the sites this week, not very much because we didn't do very much in December in terms of cooking. So we don't have very much to put on the site right now. The only new recipe going up this week is for homemade butter made with whipping cream, heavy cream, but not in a jar like you would have done when you were a kid in elementary school. This is using some uh, beaters or a handheld mixer or a stand mixer. And if you've never had homemade butter or haven't had it since you were a kid shaking it in a jar, you've got to try it. It is so, so good. So that recipe is going up. I will be telling you about that soon on this podcast. Ah, yes, I just got my calendar looked. I will be telling you about that on Monday, but I also have some other amazing recipes coming your way on this podcast. We are going to be doing some cowboy butter. I'm going to be telling you about my own coleslaw recipe, not my mom's. This one is my favorite coleslaw to have with pulled pork. It's also a creamy coleslaw with a little secret ingredient that makes it extra perfect with the pork. We're going to be doing some jacket potatoes, which are something I fell in love with when in England, and also some pork chops in the in instant pot. So stay tuned. Every single day, I'll be coming at you with more recipes every morning. If you don't subscribe already, you can, wherever you listen to podcasts, search for recipe of the day and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating and review while you're there. And if you just want an easy way to find me all the time, head to cookthestory.com slash R-O-T-D all of the episodes are there. And then there's the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash recipe OTD. I look forward to seeing you there as well. I'm Christine Pittman from cookthestory.com and I'm also Cook the Story on social media. So look for me there. I have another recipe website, thecookful.com and a cookbook, the all new chicken cookbook and this podcast recipe of the day. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Let's get cooking. Mm. 